comes to losing weight, you have to eat differently to gaining weight. We all know that, but what about when it comes to eating healthily, eating for optimum nutrition? Well, that again is different. And we're gonna discover exactly what the differences are over these next few episodes. Today, it's all about weight loss. The world has gone crazy with pandemics, a global health crisis, toxic food, and technology taking over. Taking over. Welcome to Man Versus Death, How to Dodge the Reaper. The Reaper. The Reaper. <clears throat> All right, enough of that silliness. The big question is this. In today's hectic, crazy world, how can busy professionals like us not only survive, but thrive and rise above all the threats every day to live long and prosper. This podcast will provide key tips, tricks, hacks, and experts to guide you to amazing health and hopefully a longer life. Welcome to Man vs. Death with your host, Ian Ayer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. So today is the first of a small mini-series that I'm going to be discussing the difference between eating for health versus eating for a body goal, okay? Because they are very, very different topics. And uh, I just wanted to start today, the first of this mini-series, talking about eating for weight loss, what you should be doing, the kind of things that really work, and what's actually important. Because it's something that gets confused by a lot of people. And quite often people kind of, they miss out on the fundamentals of it and what it is they're actually trying to achieve and they kind of, you know, they lose track of where they're trying to go. So I thought it might be useful and helpful to kind of go through some fundamentals, understand the principles behind it and really what you could be doing to maximize that. Now, if you're watching this, you might be thinking, why is he wearing an anorak? For two reasons, one, because it was raining and two, because this is a bit of an anorak topic, okay? We're gonna get a little bit deep into this. So here we are, the anorak today is gonna to go through some things for you in terms of weight loss. So let's get down to brass tacks, okay? The number one common goal when people talk about weight loss, what they actually mean 99.9% of the time is fat loss. But they don't say fat loss because they're only concerned with a number on the scales, okay? So the first thing we really have to appreciate about that is that there is a big difference between weight loss and fat loss, okay? So number one, weight loss. If you don't drink water and dehydrate your body, you will lose weight. If you do shed fat, you will lose weight. If you shed muscle, you will lose weight. If you get rid of the waste in your digestive system, you will lose weight. So all of these things and more can cause your body to lose weight. So when you think about that, is weight loss in itself a smart goal? Well, the answer is probably not, unless it's just to get into a weight class for a specific reason, such as maybe you're gonna go in a, a fight, like a boxing match or a kickboxing match or an MMA match or something like that. Or maybe you have an upcoming surgery and they've told you that you need to hit a certain weight to get in there for that surgery on that date. At those times, and those times pretty much only, weight itself is paramount of importance and that's what you've got to aim for and that's fair enough and that makes sense. But for 99.9% .9 of the time, most people when they talk about weight loss, 
They really, really want to deal with fat loss. That's what they're interested in because what they're actually looking for is for their bodies to look better, for them to feel better and to perform better, okay? So those three things don't just come from weight loss. I'll paint you a very, very simple picture. Imagine someone who is massively overweight and they just focus on weight loss, okay? So they reduce their calories, they walk around a bit, they drink lots of water and things like that, which are all good things to help you with weight loss. And they do it mostly through calorie reduction, okay? And because they've got quite a lot of weight to lose, they try lots of different fatty diets and some of them cause them to lose weight rapidly, then slows down. So they're chopping and changing and doing different things. And let's say they manage to lose a lot of weight very, very quickly over a short period of time. Well, if they're not actually combining that with any resistance work, for example, to actually help maintain or even build lean muscle, what's gonna happen is that their body composition is gonna be certainly lighter but it's not gonna be as heavily muscled. So they're gonna have empty pockets behind their skin. They're gonna have saggy skin, they're gonna have loose skin. And then they're gonna get to a point where their goal was target X on the scales. I wanna get to, you know, whatever it is, 190 pounds or whatever, for example. And they reach that goal and then they're not happy. And they're not happy because although they got their weight loss target, it's not really what they wanted to look like. And lo and behold, they don't feel as confident, happy, sexy, being able to perform as well as they did if they'd have gone for a body composition goal. So that's the first thing you have to understand. Weight loss and fat loss, two different things. And if you're looking to lose weight, and I put that in brackets, really what you're probably looking to do is actually lose fat and recomposition your body away from where it is to a more leaner, honed physique, okay? So that being said then, What are the main fundamentals of that? What's going to drive that fat loss rather than that weight loss? Well, as we've already discussed there just then, one of the key fundamental things is while you're losing weight, you need to have a calorie reduction, okay? You need to be in a calorie deficit. It's just a simple energy balance. How much energy are you using every day versus how much energy are you consuming every day? So we want to try and keep that into a calorie deficit on your journey while you're going down on the scales. Now that is obviously gonna affect weight loss itself. It is also gonna potentially affect your energy. So for example, if you were purely looking for a weight loss target, a fat loss target, you know, you wanted to get down and you wanted to be seeing shrinkage every week, in theory, would it matter too much what foods you actually ate? Well, on one hand, the answer is no. No, it wouldn't. Because as long as those calories were in a deficit to how much energy you needed every day, then actually, no, in theory, it's not going to cause you any problems at all and you could still lose weight. Am I saying, therefore, that you could sit around and eat McDonald's and sweets and crisps and chocolates all day long and lose weight? Yes, in theory. However, and this is a big however, this is a big hairy butt, so you've got to listen here, this is really, really important. How many calories are in those things? Quite often they're really high calorie products, okay? The things that you know people tend to crave and snack on sweets, uh, high fat content things, that they tend to have high amounts of calories, okay? So that being the case, when you think about it, how many of those things can you have if you're in a calorie reduction? So if you take your typical, typical average calories for an average man in his average sort of BMI size, okay? 
two and a half thousand calories a day, they, they say, that you should be consuming as an average man. Now, two and a half thousand calories a day. If you're in a calorie reduction and you're trying to lose weight, maybe that will go down to somewhere around 2,000. Could be just below, could be just above. So you're already taking, let's say, 500 calories out of your diet. Now, if your average chocolate bar is anywhere between 250 to 400 calories per bar, you can already see you can only have five of those a day, right? Which is a lot, right? Of course it is. But if you're not eating any other food, then that's all you could have. If you had a pizza, for example, and it was from, I don't know, one of the takeaway outlets and it was a thousand calories plus, could be anywhere between a thousand to 1300 calories, all right? You have that pizza, that's over half of your daily intake gone, wiped out in one hit. And are you gonna feel hungry afterwards? Yes, are you gonna feel hungry before you eat it? Of course you are. So it's not really sustainable. So when it comes to weight loss, fat loss, when it comes to body recomposition, really you wanna be trying to eat foods that give you as much satiation, in other words, feeling full, as long as you possibly can, okay? Now, how you achieve that, if you're quite happy to not eat all day and then eat you know, four chocolate bars at the end of the day, that's up to you. There are gonna be other effects, of course, off the back of that. And we're gonna talk about that more in the, the upcoming series. Today really is just more about the actual mechanisms and what it actually takes to get that weight and fat loss. So number one is calorie reduction. Okay, and I just wanna hit that point at home that in theory, and I say in theory, it, it is in practice as well. There are lots of people out there, you'll see lots of stories of people who, I just ate cheeseburgers for six months and I lost loads and loads and loads of weight. And, and it's absolutely possible because if they're eating in a calorie deficit, they're gonna lose weight. It's as simple as that, okay? So yes, the type of food is not as important as the calories, first of all, purely for weight loss and fat loss, all right? It's the first thing you need to know. Secondly, then, what else do we need to promote this weight and fat loss? Well, hydration. Okay, now when you talk about things like bodybuilders, for example, and, uh, or even fighters and are trying to cut their weight to get into a fight, they might dehydrate themselves if they need to get down to a certain weight quickly. Because by not having that hydration in their body, by not having those cells puffed out with excess water, they can lose a lot of weight very, very quickly. If you've ever had a sauna or you've ever really, really sweated heavily, checked your weight on the scales, you can see that you have lost a lot of weight. Then later on when you start to drink lots of water again, that weight just evens back out again. And it's there and it's, it's a big, easy thing to do. It's very easy to be fooled by, I, I weigh less because I've drunk less today, okay? So dehydration isn't a good thing to do for weight loss. In fact, you wanna actually be really hydrated because the more hydrated you are, the more your body is processing on a cellular level, the quicker you're gonna start to process excess fat stores and keep your body performing and functioning on a higher level, okay? So weight loss, fat loss, definitely drink lots of water as well. And the third and final component really, apart from other things that we're gonna talk about, is the main other pillar there is exercise. Now, can you achieve weight loss and fat loss without exercise? Yes, of course you can, absolutely. There's millions of people worldwide every year who lose tons of weight just purely through diet alone. Now, as we've already discussed though, they don't necessarily get to a point where they're actually happy with the result. One of the big reasons for this is because, hey, they didn't keep any lean muscle or add any lean muscle. They just got rid of volume. 
So as I said to you, if you think about that stretched balloon, right? Stretched balloon analogy, then all of a sudden that air inside, it decreases, but the balloon has already stretched. That's the skin, okay? Now, if there isn't anything else to back up behind that skin, as you come down in weight, as you come down in size, if there's no muscle mass there, then you're gonna have pockets of loose skin or loads of loose skin, okay? And that generally makes people feel actually worse than they did when they were at their heaviest, okay? Loads of people I've spoken to feel a hell of a lot worse about themselves once they've slimmed down in terms of size, but have excess skin or looks that they feel they can't do anything with without a surgery at that point. And even then the result might not be what they really truly want. So the third thing has to be exercise, okay? But when we're talking about exercise, we're not talking about hours and hours of cardio and things like that, okay? Cardio is important, okay? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a caveat on that and we're gonna come back to that in a second. We're gonna put a pin on cardio. But resistance work, strength work, okay? Making your muscles adapt over time, okay? To a different stimulus. That is so, so important. And if you caught the podcast that I had with Alex, um, Last time out, you know, we talked about how important strength work is for all facets of life and why everybody should do it, okay? But in terms of a weight loss, a fat loss goal, it is imperative if you want to get to a body you are going to feel happy, confident, sexy, and powerful in, okay? Not just something who's lost loads of weight and now doesn't really recognize themselves in a the mirror. That's a very, very different result. So, Strength work, when we're talking about, we're talking about lifting weights, we're talking about body weight stuff, we're talking about anything where you can create extra resistance against the muscle so that it has to adapt, grow stronger, and also potentially grow slightly in size. Now, you're not going to be eating, by the way, if you're in a weight loss or fat loss um, deficit, calorie deficit, you're not going to be eating the kind of calories that are going to bulk you up. So this is something I hear a lot, right? When people say, I want to lose weight, and they get concerned, and they're like, yeah, but if I'm going to do all this training, aren't I going to get big? No, you actually aren't going to get big because you can't. Your muscles aren't getting the fuel they need to grow to the size you've got in your head of how big you're going to get. It's just not going to happen. You're not fueling for that. You're talking about a calorie deficit. Okay, You're talking about eating less calories than your body is needing per day just to do what it needs to do. So you're reducing that amount. In other words, you're tapping into your body's fat stores and you're going to get using those as energy and you're going to start burning those off. Now, if you were eating in an excess, and we'll talk about that on another podcast when we talk about how to gain muscle, okay? At that point, yes, you're gonna be starting to add on muscle if you're doing the right kind of strength work and the right kind of nutrition to back that up. But in a weight loss capacity, not the right, it's not the aim here, it's not the aim. You want to maintain and slightly increase lean muscle. So if you've never trained before, even if you're in a calorie deficit, you are gonna be able to add lean muscle, okay? That you didn't have before in terms of size and volume. And again, not massive, not huge, but you are gonna be able to see definition, which is important when you're talking about body composition, you're gonna see strength and you're gonna see size relative to your size as you go down. So again, not big, just wanna make that point really clear, but defined, honed, toned, nice physique that is capable, okay? That's what you're gonna see if you eat in a calorie deficit and you add resistance work. Is any resistance work better than any other type when you're talking about weight and fat loss? No, not specifically, just progressive. As your weight goes down, you need to increase the amount of exercise you're doing in terms of resistance work, whether that be by adding more weight 
or adding more sets or adding more reps or just adding the frequency, changing the frequency over time so that your body keeps adapting to it, okay? That's it. You stick to those rules and that rule is progressive overload. If you stick to that rule alone, you can't really go too far wrong. And one thing I wanna make abundantly clear as well, this is not about exercise today, but I just wanna make this really, really clear because people get kind of confused and, and it holds them back. They feel like they need to be held back because they don't know what to do. One thing is really, really simple, okay, guys, is that when it comes to what exercises to do, you don't need to change it up so much all the time, okay? In fact, if you're doing a, a workout, uh, an exercise routine, let's say you're doing two or three times a week and it's working for you, you can see results in the mirror, you can see results every time because you're tracking your progress and you know the weight's going up or the amount of reps is going up or the amount of sets are going up and you can see and feel that progress, keep doing it. Keep doing it until one of two things happens. Number one, you're not seeing any more progress, at which point that's the time to change it up. You don't need to change up every single exercise at that point. You can just change a few or you can change the reps or you can change the sets or you can change the weight. The second option is if you get really, really, really shit bored, okay? And we've all been guilty of that. We've all been guilty of going, uh, even if I'm getting great results, I kind of get bored. I would argue that if you're getting great results, just eke through the boredom a bit because if you're getting better results than you've ever had, stick to the plan, it's working. But if you get really, really bored and you know maybe your results have slowed a bit or you're not getting quite as good results as you thought you were going to, maybe that's the time to change. But again, don't change everything keep the things that are working and change some things around it. So you've got your calorie deficit. You've got your water, your hydration. You've got your exercise, your resistance work. We talked about cardio and I'm gonna put this in here now and this is really important. When you're on a fat loss body recomposition journey, okay, quite often a lot of PTs and a lot of people who prescribe exercise or apps will, will give you a, a program that is very much focused on what to do in terms of resistance, what to do in terms of um, cardio activity. And those things are really, really important. Absolutely, they are. So cardio, similar to the resistance work, okay, it needs to be progressive. But here's the thing. The word cardio is a little bit deceptive here because actually it's not, you're not going to be training the cardio system as in you're not going to be in the cardio heart rate, heart rate range, okay? Initially, you want to actually be in the fat burn range. Okay, so the fat burn zone, you wanna be going somewhere around a sort of 60 to 65 beats per minute of your maximum heart rate. To be within that zone, that sweet spot of actually starting to burn excess fat, okay? And starting to oxidize that and use that. If you're in the cardio zone, yes, you're gonna improve your cardiovascular health, your heart health and your, your veins and everything and how your body, body pumps the blood around and the oxygen around your body, but you're going to be missing out on the benefits of the fat burning side. Now, even if you're really fit already, but you need to lose fat, I'd still tell you to go back to that fat burning zone first and start getting into that, that layer and attacking it. And here's the key thing that people really, really overlook guys as well when it comes to fat loss. Depending on where you are starting will depend on what type of mechanisms you need to use to attack that level of fat. So if you are above 20% body fat, for example, honestly, it, as long as you're above 20% body fat, stick in the fat burning zone. When you get to say maybe 15% body fat, okay, if you're a guy, you get to a 15% body fat, 
at that point, you might want to start changing it up, maybe start interjecting more interval work, going a bit higher and a bit lower. I'm not talking about hit, I'm talking about just intervals, just slightly higher, slightly lower, getting the body to adapt and, and using that kind of approach. As you get towards maybe 10% or around the 12% mark, at that point, you're starting to get stubborn pockets of fat. The bulk of your fat has gone and you're starting to get stubborn pockets. That needs to be attacked in a different way again. Maybe then is a good idea to introduce something like HIT, for example. But there's different mechanisms you can use. Some of them are brilliant, some of them not so good, okay? But the point is, if your body fat is above 20%, all day long, the only cardio you need to be doing is talking about the fat burn side of cardio. That's it. And it doesn't matter what that is. It could be walking. Well, you're going to be walking pretty fast, really, to be staying in that fat burn. But walking, it could be if that's you, if, you're, if that's your heart rate, if it puts you into 60, 65%, it could be rowing, it could be running, it could be um, skiing, it could be anything that keeps you and allows you to stay in that zone and you can see it and track it and stay in there, okay? So that's really, really important as well. And then there's one more element about the fitness side of things that people do overlook a lot. And that is steps, okay? You're just your slow burning calories that you have every day, all right? Now we all know that people say it's important to get like your 10,000 steps a day. It is really important to do that for two reasons. One, because you have to stand up more, which is great for all kinds of health in your body. Two, you're gonna be moving, which is always great anyway. Number three, it's only great if it's not your only form of exercise. Okay, I think there's this big misconception. If you do 10,000 steps a day, you're okay. Actually, that's like not really the case at all. Your body's designed and built for movement. It needs to do more, it wants to do more, and it's gonna feel its best when you do a lot more than that. So here's the thing. I always recommend to people that, let's say for example, you're working over a 12 week period, that you start out in that first four weeks hitting anywhere between eight to 10,000 steps. Now, if, you've not, if you're not doing anywhere near that, that's gonna be a big target in itself, okay? That's gonna be huge. But if you are already doing that or more, but you're not necessarily having all the other components together, go back to that eight to 10, okay? So if you could do 10 comfortably, keep it at 10. Then the second four weeks out of that 12, I would say, well, look, you still need to progress that because you progressed your exercise. You know, your nutrition is good, but we might need to adjust your calories depending on what's going on in the scales and how you're talking about your body composition. We can measure body fat. All of these things are changing and adapting as we go. So now we need to increase that element as well. So if you could do 10 comfortably, maybe we go up to 12. So that increases. This is not a big thing. It doesn't take you all day to do. If you work it out, if you're doing 12,000 steps and you're up for 12 hours in the day, 1,000 steps an hour, can you make that over each hour? Of course you can. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to do. Okay, just making those extra trips, even going to the toilet and back, going to the kitchen, going to the office, whatever you've got to do, getting out and about, taking a dog for a walk if you've got one, picking up the kids from school, anything that you can do, any excuse to add more steps in, do it. Okay. And then again, on the third set of 12, four weeks out of the 12, stepping it up again, maybe to that 14 mark. Those things together, the nutrition in a calorie deficit, the hydration, the exercise, the resistance exercise, the cardio, and then also the steps are gonna make a massive, massive, massive change. And using those fundamentals alone, I can get people amazing results in 12 weeks. I'm talking about you know dramatic, dramatic transformations, okay? Now, is it easy? No. Is it simple? 
Yes, it is simple. Is it easy? No. What are the points? Where, are, where do people have problems? Where do they fall down? Generally, people tend to fall down because they overestimate how much they're going to have to actually stick to it throughout 12 weeks. Okay. People kind of think, well, it's set and forget. We said it at the beginning. We don't really think about it and it will just kind of automatically done. It's not a done for you thing. You can't just buy a solution like that. Even if you go and have, uh, you know, like surgery, you go have liposuction or something like that. There's always a downside that you can't see. Okay. So in any result driven situation, there's always going to have to be some kind of sacrifice and some kind of work to get to that result. And in this specific, specific um, incidents, we're talking about 12 weeks of effort. Okay, you are going to have to watch what you eat. You are going to have to track your activity. You are going to have to put the work in. But when you get to the end of that 12 weeks, you've earned that result. So you feel like I not only look much better, I not only feel much better and perform much better, but I did this because you did. Because you did. Yeah, no one gave it to you. I can give you the tools. I can give you the coaching. I can give you the, the mindset beliefs. I can even give you the encouragement to keep going when you feel like it's just now, what's the point? But ultimately it has to come from the person themselves. You have to drive yourself to do this and really, 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 really want it. And that's why the big difference between people who just go on a sort of quick faddy diet and don't really stick to it and don't really lose the weight or keep it off versus people who do get that result and keep it off long-term. The big difference is the people who keep it off long-term earn that result they feel great about it. They build up their self-esteem and they want to keep it for longer term. So quick one today. I just wanted to recap the fundamentals different, the fundamental difference, first of all, between weight loss and fat loss, because there is a big difference. Number two, the fundamental pillars of trying to achieve that weight, fat loss, body recomposition goal, which is what most people want to achieve. And by the way, even if you think it's just about looking better, okay, it's never about just looking better. As you start to lose fat, as you start to gain lean muscle, as you start to do more exercise, as you start to rest and recover better because your body is going more and more back to homeostasis rather than fighting stress all the time because you're overweight or because you're tired or because your body's inflamed, you will feel so much better. Everything you do, your life will improve in so many ways. So when you're talking about these goals, they're important, right? They're never just about vanity. It's never just about looking good in a, in a pair of budgie smugglers on the beach or whatever, all right? That's one goal and you might really, really want that. But it's about what happens when you get there. It's about the changes that happen to you and the journey you have to go through to become that other person. And that, my friends, is the real transformation. So hope that helps. If you're looking to do a 12-week transformation or however long, whatever your starting journey point is now, and you want to get to that next level of life, you want to feel better about yourself, you want to improve, you want to transform, reach out. We've got programs running at the moment where we can help you achieve that in 12 weeks, maybe even less depending on where you are. And honestly, guys, investing in yourself, your own health and your transformation is probably one of the best things you can ever do in your life. It changed my life. I've changed the life of many, many other people I've worked with. And if that's something you're open to, I'd love to help you too. So I hope that helps. And I'll see you next time on the mini series when we're going to be talking about what the difference is between eating for health versus eating for weight loss. You've been listening to Man vs. Death, a show that's about health, biohacking, and fitness, and how to dodge 
the Reaper. <laughs> okay, we're being silly. Yes, the world's gone crazy. We got pandemics, a global health crisis, toxic food, technology taking over. It's nuts. But we've put together this show to help you and to help you live a longer life. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun, too. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash man versus death. Till next time, this is Man vs. Death and the Reaper signing off. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat>